Welcome everyone to Space Anime. Hello, it's uh, episode three of the podcast here for Cowboy Bebop, and we are doing episodes nine to eleven, and uh, a, a very unique mix today. For only sure three, is. we go quite a distance. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, it, it's like I, when we only did three episodes, I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, these might be, you know, kind of whatever, and it's like. Oh no, this is just three episodes where Cowboy Bebop decides to just do whatever <laughs> in like the best ways possible. We got like a comedy, then a drama, and then like a horror movie. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty yeah, big spread. Like a horror movie that's kind of played as a joke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all died. Woo! Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's the ending I was talking about. That that episode aired, yep. and then like they reset the series, and I was like, "Wait, that wasn't actually the end." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, but yeah, let's uh, kick it off with episode nine. Um, yeah, so nine is uh, jamming for Edward. Um, we see a shot of a satellite flying a bunch of lasers at Earth, and it turns out it's making the Nazca line drawings, which are those you know hundreds or dozens of kilometers wide drawings of animals out in the desert. In South America. Uh, in South America, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we see a child that's like laying outside on Earth. Um, this is Ed. Uh, she's hacking on her computer, and she looks up info for the Bebop and is excited that it's coming to Earth. We see uh, some shots of the Bebop, just life on it. Um, there's a TV show talking about how like a new bounty is uh, this hacker that is making laser cards in the desert. Um, Jet and Faye want to go after it because it's worth like $8 million or something, but Spike's not too interested because he doesn't think hackers are worth his time. Um as they were discussing this, there was a TV show going on the screen with, like, a backstory over Earth saying, like, the gate incident blew up most of the moon. Now, like, it's asteroid showers all the time, so Earth is in ruins and no one Basically, really lives Earth there. Basically, Earth fucking sucks. Yeah, only weirdos <laughs> live there now. So, um, we see a shot of, or in, in the show, they are talking about how, like, the Earthlings sent up satellites up in the space so they could still, you know, talk with the other planets and stuff. But, like, these satellites are targets for hackers for whatever reason. Um, we cut over to a shot of Ed flying around a toy model, like a little gyrocopter of a new Bob. breed of hacker, and it's it's Ed. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking Ed. <laughs> so yeah, this child. <laughs> yeah, it should be said that uh, Ed, we'll talk about this a bit more later. But Ed is a very eccentric, to put it mildly. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's flying around a little toy thing of the Bebop. Some cops show up outside saying, that, uh, we got you now, Radical Edward. But she hacks into their cruiser spaceship and then flies it around much in the same manner, crashing it in a very funny way. And they are all very sad that their ship just exploded. As tends um, to happen. We get some shots of both Faye and Jet doing some legwork for the bounty. Jet is trying to find info on Radical Edward while Faye is trying to look to see like what uh, satellite uplinks I've been around have been hacked. Um, neither of them have gotten very far, so... Uh, back on the Bebop, the computer gets hacked in front of uh, Ayn, who runs away scared. <laughs> Which we will make, we will definitely have to make a point to talk about how Cowboy Bebop yes. interprets the internet visually. Because it <laughs> fucking rules. Like, it kicks so, so much fucking ass. I love it. Fuck. Holy shit, it's awesome. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah, so um, Ed's doing some hacking of her own for whatever reason. Uh, she breaks into some government computers and finds a satellite. It's the satellite that's making all the laser carvings. She names it MPU. Um, she learns that it was making carvings because there used to be carvings on Earth, but then all the asteroids hit and now there are no carvings, so it's decided it was a good idea to make those, whatever. Yeah, for the record, no one has hacked into this satellite. It's... Just yeah, the whole idea is it became sentient and then lonely. <laughs> yeah, is the big thing. I mean, also, fair. it was like 
It's a military like satellite yeah. that was disguised as a wet like it was a spy satellite that's like hyper intelligent and had like certain protocols to activate if it was, you know, left alone for a certain amount of time. That everyone forgot automatically. Yeah. That everyone forgot. And so it did. Uh, and yeah, so it turns out it activated, but there wasn't anyone to like blow up because the earth was already screwed. So it just was bored and lonely. It's <laughs> yeah. some laser drawing. Why not? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, back on the Bebop, Faye and Jet get together. They realize they have absolutely nothing. Um, Ed uh, happens to hack in their line. They start talking with her. She tells the three of them about the satellite MPU. And this was like, I'll give you data that can prove the bounty if you do a favor for me. And so they agree. Um, Ed says, like, you got to go up to the satellite and uh, get a copy of its data or whatever by plugging into it. But the problem is that since it's guarded by a bunch of attack satellites, they have to fly computerless. Um, Spike is listening to this and he says it's interesting now because now he has to do the fun stuff. So he's on board for it. He checked completely out of the episode until he checked extremely into the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, this detail is so good. But yeah, like Spike, especially when they were like, yeah, we're going to f- go try and find out info on a hacker by talking in the mean streets. And Spike's like, this sounds dumb. Spike's <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, no, this sounds stupid. Actual and then it's like, work? yeah, no, you have to, yeah, you have to fly your jet. But you can't use your computers. You have to do it all by hand and deal with all five thousand of the dials and knobs. And then he's like, "All right, this sounds like a party. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they fly up in the space and they try to make it to the satellite. And um, Spike is trying to shoot off its communication antennas, but he misses the shot and the satellite wakes up. And so all the lasers start attacking at him. Um, they eventually well, to be clear the first shot he takes would have hit. But the satellite was aware of it and, like, pulled another satellite in front of it, which is pretty good. As far as as technology goes. And then the second missile, or, like, he fires a missile that, uh, (laughs) this detail's great because Jet already had complained that they were too expensive. Don't use the missiles. Don't fire them. Yeah, don't use the missiles. They're too expensive. And then he fires one and it just whiffs. It just goes way off course. And he's just like, what the fuck? And Jet's like, ah, I shouldn't have got the cheap ones. <laughs> oh, crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, so um, they eventually, Spike eventually flies close enough to the satellite that the other ones don't target it and is able to plug into it. And uh, Ed downloads the, I guess, memory core, whatever you want to call it, from the MPU satellite. Um, so we get a uh, kind of a time skip, a big TV voiceover saying that like the MPU was have been apprehended, and we see a funny shot of Spike and Jet trying to cash in a floppy disk at the police station. It's so good. There's some <laughs> like the cops are just like, well, what? Yeah, they have no idea what the. And they're looking is. so hopeful. And and they just have these shit eating drones on their faces. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, we see a shot of Ed outside on Earth with like a computer on her head. She's waiting for the Bebop to come and pick her up. Uh, because I guess that's what Faye had promised her as the, uh, you know, favor that she wanted. But it goes and takes off without her. So she's very upset at this and she goes and hacks into the Bebop and turns it around and makes it land right in front of her. Um, the end of the episode is the Big Shots TV bounty hunting program. Um, basically, they say that, hey, you can't turn in a bounty. That's not a real person. It doesn't count. And uh, we see we see Spike uh, standing next to Jet, very angry, wondering why uh, it, uh, there are kids, dogs, and women on the ship. The three things that he hates the most, specifically kids, dog, or rugrats, dogs. Or in Japanese, it was rugrats, beasts, and women with attitude. <laughs> and in English, kids, dog, or kids, animals, and women with attitudes. Yeah. Which God. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's a pretty fun episode. Like, it's not too serious, but um, there's some good shots in mm-hmm. here and stuff. 
Um, one of the first things I like is in the beginning of the uh, episode, like it just shows any anytime they do like the day to day life of the crew, I think is yes. very nice touch. Like shows all three both the of these episodes have them just fucking around doing nothing, and they're they're shot so well. Yeah, it's like the TV's on in the background, and like Jet's doing bonsai and Faye's you know fucking with her nails, and Spike's just watching washing his ship. And it's the thing just, I love about it too is it, it's super short little vignettes. Like this couldn't be more than like a minute. The the of the collection of shots you're talking about, and like it just shows what someone does in their downtime. And you don't need a lot of it to like get the idea, right? Like you just see like, oh yeah, these all make sense. His that, you know, things stuff. that they would do. Yeah. Yep. Exactly, and it just like it gives you a lot more uh, like of an idea of the character, and it lets you like feel attached to him. I think a lot easier when you just kind of see what they do when they're just farting around. It's also cool too because like when the TV show that's just kind of on in the background like says that the bounty's worth eight million, you see them all kind of like side eye the TV simultaneously, and then there's like a long shot of the Bebop from outside and its engines turn on. So like they don't even have to say like they're going after the bounty; it's just implied with the editing. So fast because of course they're gonna go for eight million. Yeah. Um, let's see some other fun things. There's a whole section in the beginning where Jet is kind of talking about how you can't tell a woman by her age, which is some definite foreshadowing for things <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about it. There's um, a bunch of small uh, things. For example, when the TV show is on, like the corner of the TV shows, a lot of the time they say that there are like second audio programs in different languages, but I think it's just a nice touch to show the multiculturalism of the future when everybody goes to space. Yep, like even Earth is super diverse when they're just going down and talking to people. Yeah, actually, if you want to skip ahead and talk about that. So Jet does some legwork early on trying to figure out who this radical Ed is. And like it shows a bunch of shots of like these different people on Earth. And they're all like really unique and eccentric. And like they're on screen for maybe three seconds each. But like they each have their own stories based on what they're what they look like and what they're standing around. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just environment, picture of character a couple lines of dialogue but like you get what culture they kind of represent and where they're coming from yeah. like it's it's really good and, and like they have inter- a unique background too like they drew it's like the truckers from uh, heavy metal queen everyone kind of gets their two seconds in the sun and it's really good yeah and it's like intercut with like just close up of jet's feet walking like he's doing the legwork which yep. is fun um, another thing about characterization is anytime we see Ed in the first uh, several shots that she's in, she's always doing like weird contortionist like backflips and handstands and stuff while she's doing her hacking. I get that. I was that kid. <laughs> you type with your feet. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yes, constantly. <laughs> um, there's a when Spike or sorry when Faye and Jet go down to the planet. Uh, Spike stays on the ship and he's like, "Bring me back a souvenir," kind of jokingly. And so one of the things, like, Jet talks to some kid that's selling souvenirs, and I guess they're, like, peeps? Like, the yeah, little marshmallow thing? peeps? I yeah. think. And, and, like, everyone was acting like they were really bland and bad, though, so I don't know what they were. Like, were they, like, fiber <laughs> they, they peeps? They look straight up like, like peeps, like people kind of discussing <laughs> yeah. to begin with, but... Yeah, there's a shot of Spike and I just kind of eyeing them, whether, like, not sure if they should really eat them, and, like, <laughs> fucking Spike feeds one to the dog first, just to make sure. <laughs> He's like, well, I likes it at least. Yeah. Oh, dog, dog will eat it, why not? Hmm. But I, I do like, um, you know, to back on, like, uh, Jets were talking about the age, when, like, Faye's describing, oh, hackers, they're just fat nerds uh, otakus. Otakus, yeah. And, and Jets like, yeah, maybe back in your day, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, if you've probably seen the series by now, you know where that's going, but it's a funny kind of 
reference to that 10, 15 episodes ahead of time. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to think of some other ones I, in here. I do like how they use the like the very Looney Tunes aspect of Ed to uh, like show how dangerous the asteroid stuff yes. really yeah. is, but like have it be still like a goofy thing with a lot of levity, despite the fact that it's like no, really, like that was just a random asteroid shower that came out of nowhere and almost killed a child. <laughs> Yeah, a, rock shower, 90%. Yeah, in the beginning, there's a radio broadcast about, like, the different <laughs> forecasts for rock falls and stuff. And then, like you said, it is funny because, like, they show, like, the landscape is completely, like, destroyed. Like, yeah, everything Earth is, is trashed. And, like, when it shows the asteroid land, like, there's a huge smoldering crater and everything. But they show Ed and she's just, like, flying Looney Tunes style through the air with rocks around her. <laughs> it's quite fun. Um, let's see. There's a scene where uh, Ed hacks their PC on the Bebop and is talking to them about MP yes, and stuff. Yes, I love and, this. Like, it's, it's it's a jet sitting in the chair in front of the PC, but like I guess like it's shown from the webcam's perspective because like Spike and Faye just lean their faces in and get like really close and fish eyed. <laughs> it's uh, real fun. Yeah, the shot of them from the uh, computer is really good. The shot of Ed looking around their monitor, like, and it literally animates the a, a face looking around at like their different menu items and stuff <laughs> it's so good i mean i guess that's a good place to talk about how they yeah, visualize the... the internet in this <laughs> so imagine if like you know how when you cascade windows in like some versions of windows it shows like 3d like all the windows on like layers mode. imagine that forever <laughs> imagine panel mode forever in like pink and purple techno soup yes, and like everything is all wiggly and shit i got like a kind of an ocean it vibe rules. to it like the web pages yeah. look like different fish going by and stuff the digital oh, especially ocean. they definitely <laughs> were going for that too because yeah ed refers to herself as a uh net diver yes <laughs> so like yeah they definitely lean into the weird underwater like diving the web stuff which, <laughs> oh it's so good and like every time ed uh hacks something she puts up like all these really stupid, goofy, smiley faces and shit. It's very good. Yeah, like it's when very she texts well into a password field instead of showing yes. like the stars or the dots. It's just like weird emoji faces. <laughs> Probably added them to Unicode herself, and no one's noticed yet. <laughs> um, but then she gives the backstory about the MP satellite. There's kind of some quick shots of like around the Earth. Like it shows the, I guess. I don't know if it would be, like, all entirely spaceship, but there's, like, a huge, like, blanket of asteroids just around Earth in general. But, like, they yep. show, like, the close-up of the satellite, and it's all beat up and stuff showing its age. But um, the United States flag is on the outside, which is kind of a funny touch. Oh, God, I love that. Like, how it's, you know, it, it's, straight it's up connecting it, it to this. Yeah. yeah. And, like, well, the U.S. is literally gone now, but still leaving shit around it's uh imperial hegemony has left uh, some relics from the past <laughs> including a sentient computer i love that this episode is about a sentient computer except it's not actually about a sentient computer that's just what exists in this universe yeah it's really um, good so when they do the heist the go hook up to mpu there's some uh, good shots and animation of like the swordfish and the red tail flying through asteroids they spent some time on those making them look mm -hmm. pretty um at the end of the series, like I said before, they shot of the cop looking kind of disbelieving at a floppy disk. And then, like, <laughs> so it the reverse of Spike and Jet, super eh? excited. Eh? They're cheesing eh? their asses off. Yeah, like, it's so good. 
They're like, $8 million, please, as they're handing over a floppy. It's like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about that. No, we're never going to get to do this again. Um, yeah. I really, really like how uh, Punch and Judy are like, or when Punch is reading out the statement word for word about oh, his, yeah. the bounty, like, yeah, the way he pronounces everything, but also the way that it's written, like, well, you know, if we actually gave them their money for this, we would get just an absolute mountain of fraudulent bounty claims. So we're not even going to deal with that. Sorry, dudes, no money. Yeah, his uh, accent is real bad. Like, the state of computers and legal precedent. <laughs> he just <laughs> says all these words wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it feels like someone who has no training of faking an accent trying to fake an yes. accent for some reason. Which, mm. you know, might be 100% accurate and perfect to the characters. We'll find out later Weird. on. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the last shot of um, the episode is the Bebop kind of in orbit around Earth. And you see South America, where Ed apparently has drawn a big smiley face over the entirety of the South American continent. Like most of Brazil, parts of Peru and Chile, all of it. I mean, she did ask MP if she could do a doodle. It's true. <laughs> she got permission. Mm-hmm. No one really computer. cares about the Earth anymore, so no. I, I just think like the size of like the lines for that would have been like hundreds of miles across. So like, I yeah. hope no one was down there and got lasered. <laughs> <laughs> Only Ed lives on the surface. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was a, it's a shorter episode, but it introduces Ed, which is a fun character. It, it um, really like changes the dynamic of the show. Now yeah, that it's you have weird this too, because like for the most part, she like compared to like Faye, for example, she doesn't have nearly as much, um, I don't know, screen time or importance in the story, but, um, her, her backstory is like fully fleshed out and evolves over time, which is real nice to see at the conclusion of. So yeah, I don't know. She's a cool character. And, and- very much like a, a generally comic relief, but in certain situations, you know, is played for drama pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel like she toes the line um, between eccentric and annoying. Uh, yeah, she <laughs> does. Purpose, hit it. <laughs> I feel like. like, like I feel like it's it's very much intentional to an extent, yes. though. Like Ed is kind of trying to be a pain in the ass little kid, <laughs> which is. What yeah you know, that, that that's what she is <laughs> so yeah. makes sense, um, but uh, yeah episode ten yeah so this one's Ganymede uh, LG. Um so we see the crew delivering a bounty to Ganymede um it's tied up inside the Bebop and Ed and the Ein are annoying him it's funny um, this is Jet's hometown we see Jet on the bridge he's looking at this watch that's like a stopwatch with fifteen hours on it. it's a really cool watch. I've- I really like that detail of 15 hour watch because like, you know, it's a different planet. So it or like a different planet or a different moon or whatever. So like days would in theory be different lengths of time. So yeah. I'm actually <laughs> kind of wondering if Ganymede's orbit is 15 hours because I know it's time. Uh, I can believe but, it. Yeah. They're like 30 hours or something like that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he's reminiscing over a woman. Um, he's interrupted by Spike and Faye walking onto the bridge. Uh, so they tell him to call up ISSP to hand in the bounty, which he does. Uh, he meets an old friend named Donnelly, who was a cop. It comes out in this conversation that Jet is an ex-cop, and he left Ganymede seven years ago to pursue the bounty hunting business. Uh, Danley brings up Elisa, and Jet is kind of surprised when he says this. Apparently, she owns a bar named La Finn down in the Old Port, and so Jet, after they land, goes to pay her a visit. A girlfriend who's not dead. Go figure. Yeah. 
um, at Lefin, he meets a Rint, who's this kind of sketchy, jumping-looking dude at the bar. But uh, he, Rint says that Elisa is jumpy, to say the least. This yeah. motherfucker's like, he's like, his hand is clearly in his coat pocket, like reaching for a gun, and he is like quivering and shaking and like, who, who are you? Like, it's really egregious. How yeah, it's fucking, immediate, but like he has something going yeah. on. Fair Something's enough. up with this dude. Yeah, like it makes sense later on, but yeah, it's like very clear. Like, uh, are you trying? Is this you playing it cool? Because this isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny too because so well. uh, Jet doesn't do anything. Like he's just stoic the entire. He, he knows obviously this guy is jumpy, but he just doesn't mm-hmm. move or anything. So yeah, he says Elisa isn't there, but she actually shows up from the back room in the shock, but happy to see Jet. So they have a drink. Um, comes out that she's uh, shutting down her bar and moving because there's no business down here by the docks anymore. Uh, he's worried about her, and she t- ends up teasing him about Rint, saying, like, oh, we're married and have kids, but really she's just the boyfriend. He's just the boyfriend. Um, Jet says, oh, yeah, I, my living is different now. I bounty hunt with a bunch of weirdos, and then he pulls out the watch. I'm in a very strange her. polycule now. Yeah. Um, we cut the spike. He's fixing the swordfish on the deck of the Bebop. Uh, he gets a call from that Donnelly guy. Uh, this is a really great, like scene on the bebop incidentally like spike almost dropping the wrench into the sea as he's going through yeah. this oh my God. is yeah. fantastic i like the fact that like is... the door on the side of the thing shuts and he's like uh and then like the thing falls over he's like uh <laughs> yes. yeah and then like yeah something else goes to fall off the side and he's like oh uh. yeah it's fun to watch spike be incompetent because yeah. we get to watch him be like hyper competent all the time with kung fu and like a through line in the series is that Spike is clearly just ass with technology. <laughs> like just, just trash with it. Like, there's occasional things that he maybe used in his past that he's just kind of like, oh yeah, it's these. We used to use them to hunt down. Or like, stuff for bounty hunting specifically. Like, later on he'll like pull out some glasses and be like, oh yeah, we had these. We used these. I know how to use them. But like, in general Everything he's else. just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, your dad he's like, with an iPhone. computers. Fuck this. <laughs> like, how about? Like, you could almost see him being like, what? The files are in the computer and just like smashing it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Donnelly says that Rint has a bounty on his head for killing a loan shark. He also fills in to Spike that Rint and Alyssa are a thing, and he knows that they have some history with Jet, so that's why I told him. Um, Jet ends up taking the bounty and takes off in the swordfish to go find it. He tries to call Jet, but Jet's at the bar with Alyssa. So Spike he starts, takes the bounty. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Jet starts recapping the day that Alyssa left him. Um, apparently, she walked out on him and left him that watch and a note that said farewell in their house. Um, he goes on to say that he wasn't really sad. He didn't, it's, he didn't feel real to him at the time, but after a while, he realized that she was gone. So he made this bet to himself that if the watch stopped before she came back, he would just start a new life. Um, he got very he, midlife crisis-y about it. Yeah, so apparently, uh, since he's a bounty hunter, that happened. Um, he's not really mad or tries to blame her for anything, but he like, just wants to know why she left. She kind of deflects and says that, like, uh, she thinks that, you know, all the talk about time being stopped, it's, you know, feels weird. And that she says that, like, she's pushed all these events out of her mind and then just leaves him. Basically, like, life goes on, man. Fuck yeah. it. Um, outside, we see Rint, who is very jumpy, trying to light a cigarette with his lighter being broken. Um, during it's a nice actual cut here every time he tries to light the lighter it does a flashback of the night that he killed the loan shark and like it kind of shows through this montage that it was self-defense to defend Alyssa it turns out it was actually her loan yeah and he was defending her Um, so he's all antsy trying to light a cigarette just jet kind of stares at him as he walks away 
Uh, we see a quick montage of Spike asking around for the Lefin bar. Um, we eventually cut back to Alyssa and Ryan talking, or Alyssa and Rint, sorry. Uh, Rint thinks that Jet may be after him and thinks his life is over, and she tries to comfort him, saying, they're like, oh, it's my fault for borrowing the money from the loan shark. Let's leave town. So they get on this fan boat and start leaving. Because that always goes well in this show. If, yeah, every fan boat escape. In, <laughs> well, not just this show. Every yeah. fan boat in general. Like, hey... I don't know if fan boats are getting a bad like a bad deal in media or like they're getting a bad rap that's undeserved because I feel like a fan boat's an all right choice. But like, yeah, as far as an escape craft, you probably want something with a little more get up and go. Yeah, like yeah. I feel like a fan boat, especially because like there's no cover on the open water, yeah. so like you're extremely exposed, especially which, to spaceships. I mean, yeah, in an area yeah. with uh, spa- lots and lots of spaceships <laughs> and flying craft, you're kind of at a disadvantage in a boat. Mm. So, um, yeah, Spike spots them in, in his sword flying around and chases them. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> this, this specific situation. Yeah, so there's a chase scene here. It's pretty fun. Um, eventually, he almost ends up crashing into Jet, who's in his hammerhead. Um, he fills in Jet about Rint's bounty. Uh, we see Jet make a decision, tells Spike that, listen, I need to take care of this alone. This is my history. Uh, Spike asks him, like, hey, you're going to let them go. Don't do that. But he's like, I'm the black dog. Once I get my teeth in there, I don't let go. And this is my old beat, so I got to do it my way. So Spike's like, okay, and backs off. Um, Jet chases them, two of them down. And all these shots, he's like very stoic and kind of resolved to it. Rint is super panicking, and Alyssa has like this weird calm to her. He eventually harpoons their fan boat and forces them to get off on the shore. She knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, Jet kind of looks them down. Rint is injured, so Alyssa pulls a gun on Jet. He's hesitant at first, but then starts walking slowly towards her. She starts pleading for him to leave them alone, saying that there are other bounties he could catch, but he replies that, like, hey, if I go, someone else is going to get you, and you'll be an accomplice by then, so, like, just give it up now and leave. And then she starts saying, like, this is why I left, that you've always been protecting me, you know, I wanted to make my own decisions in life, but, you like, everything you told me to do, I did, and, like, I didn't have any chance to act for myself. And so she wanted to live her own life on her terms rather than just being, you know, led around by Jet. That's going well for you, Han. Yeah. Uh, she breaks down and starts crying. Rint tries to get up and leave, but Jet just kind of grabs him and punches him out. And then tells uh, him that, like, you need to survive this because you need to protect her from, you know, you need to take care of her going forward. So we get a time skip. Uh, the cops pick up Rint. Uh, Jet says that he'll probably get off with self-defense plea since, you know, it looked like that's what happened in the flashback. I don't know. Jet used uh, to be a cop, so, you know. I guess maybe he has some pull, yeah. Put in a good word. Yeah, Jet asks Alyssa, like, well, what are you going to do now? And she's like, I'm no longer going to run. I'm going to wait for Rint at my bar. And, and he's like, well, you don't have to wait long because time is moving now. Ha ha. Uh, he walks off, reaches into his pocket, remembers that the watch is there, and then just chucks it over his shoulder into the ocean. He fucking no. eats it. Yeah. yeah. That's a it's very too Top cool Gun reference. watch. Get it back. I think that's almost like a Top Gun reference at the end. Like, you throw the dog tags in the ocean. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Arrested Development throwing the check in the ocean. <laughs> A lot of things you can throw in the ocean. Very classic <laughs> throwing something in the ocean to get rid of it. Yeah, tea, beloved object to throw in the ocean. <laughs> Many things. Yeah, so there's some good things in here. First off, at the beginning of the episode, it's like not even like plot relevant, but like they have this bounty that they're handing tied to like a pillar on the bebop. And it's just a long static this shot. This scene goes inside. on. Yeah, and it's just like Ayn barking at him and him kicking a can at Ayn and then Ed falling on his head from the rafters and then biting him. <laughs> Like this no, guy Ed, is getting... don't. You don't know where that guy's been. <laughs> like, he's getting the raw treatment from these people, and, like, he's just confused about it all. 
God, I'm already going to jail. Why do I got to put up with this? <laughs> um, yeah, so in the beginning when um, Jet is in the cockpit reminiscing, there's like a fisheye shot of him from below looking for this hand in view. Yeah, and then like it this cuts is... to the watch and then a zoom in on it and then like an off-frame Jet. And it's all really quick, but like it's obvious that the watch means something to him by the way it's edited. Yeah, and we like haven't really gotten a good shot of the cockpit before of the bebop before now, like the big control room, and it's this really neat space. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just standing there. We and... mostly hang out in the lounge or the computer. Yeah, like the, the cockpit is almost like kind of an observatory deck. Yeah, almost. and it does like make this... it really like it makes the shot really good because he's you know he looks looks at the watch, cuts over to like the window which is coming in on Ganymede, like. It's really, really well done, both establishing this space and showing, obviously, how much the watch means to him. Yeah, there's also some good reactions here from Jet, who's typically pretty, you know, stoic and reserved to himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, when he's typing uh, on the computer to try to talk to the police to hand over the bounty, like, Faye's just bullshitting and, like, guessing at his past, saying, like, I wonder if there's a woman down there. And, like, there's a shot of his hands pausing, typing for a second, then continuing. Yeah, there. It's like specifically they were. He was supposed to get clearance to land already, and he was like clearly a little bit distracted because he didn't get it yet. Yep. Like even uh, Spike is like surprised. Come He's on, like, you didn't already get it. What the? Yeah, what? What the fuck? You don't have it yet. Uh, and yeah, that's when Faye starts kind of haranguing him, and it's just kind of like, uh, is, is it a woman whose heart you broke? Oh no, it's a woman who broke your heart. And then he's just kind of like, shut the fuck up, Jesus. <laughs> like, like, what's wrong with you? Stop it. <laughs> it's it's oh, very it's good. good. And also, it, it shows that he is not good at hiding this. Yes, yeah, he has like, no poker clearly, face whatsoever. It clearly yeah. is getting to him, which, again, given his bonsai habit, makes sense. <laughs> There's also a fun little side thing here is um, when he's talking to Donnelly, um, when like, it comes out that he's an ex-cop face, like, oh, that makes sense why I don't get along with him which is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> quite funny um early in the episode when jet takes off and his hammer had to go find Alyssa, there's a bunch of static shots of like ganymede proper so like ganymede i love this yeah the backstory like ganymede itself the satellite is like supposed to have a lot of ice on it so this version of it in the show is just like a water world and it's been like, melted all of, down yeah, yeah like all the cities are just these floating mega cities so there's a bunch of boats everywhere and there's like shots of fishing boats and people doing stuff at dock work in this rundown district, and it's a oh, pretty good. I love good... how there's like so much random future technology, but then there's also just you know people going out on the docks to fish every day. Yeah, like the show does such a good job mixing the super futuristic technology of they fly around in a spaceship with the super mundane. Yeah, but they live on an ocean planet, and everyone's still got to eat. Yeah, it's, it's it also so just good. gives so much like I don't know credence to the living world that they're mm-hmm. in. Like it just makes it feel All like a worlds. real place. Yeah, it's believable. Yeah, like it, the fact that there is agriculture yep. and society, like it helps a lot. And yeah. then it's not all like super sleek futuristic shit. Like a rowboat will work just fine, maybe with like a special non gas motor. You know. Well, they, they, they show straight-up sailboats, like, sitting yeah. moored up. Like, it's like, why yeah. would you need anything different? It's worked for hundreds of years in the past. I mean... And yeah. I like it, too, because, like, if you hit too far of a level of, like, super future technology, yep. like, you kind of inherently have to have a bit of a utopia. Like, there's no real way around it because you just, <laughs> like, start... You stop having shortages because your technology is too good. Like, stuff like that. So, this is, like, showing that, like, yeah, we're very good at, like, exploring and colonizing and getting places, but, um... Like, 
people still broke. Yep. <laughs> like, people still be broke out here. It's also like, you still have to do regular. It's jobs funny that you bring that like, up because like the utopia thing. Because like I read a lot of science fiction that is like straight up utopian settings, and like a lot of them is like since there's no like source of conflict or anything for a lot of the people anymore, since they have all their needs taken care of, they will go back and do things like sailing, for example, yeah. in older ways that make it more difficult, so they can get that sort of enjoyment out of the world. I mean, obviously, if you live in yeah. a utopia, you can yeah. teleport or fly in a spaceship or something, but boating with a sailboat is a you know skill and a hobby so mm-hmm. i don't know i thought it, it just i mean the, the bebop universe isn't that far ahead obviously but yeah it's, mm-hmm. yeah it's practical anyway um one of the i think best editing parts in the show is uh with jet is in the bar talking to Alyssa. there's this long shot of the bar and like it's just yeah. like his back with her front and their while they're talking but like every time she says a certain word in a sentence it zooms right up into her face for just that half second for the word and like the lines are like um, worrying about things like that, worrying about it when I am resettled. Don't worry, I'm with rent. And like the words things resettled and rent kind of refer to the fact that like he's a problem with the bounty, mm-hmm. which I thought was just kind of cool editing. Yeah, like it's there's just enough emphasis on like her on the voice actress saying it on the cut-ins to her, where it's like clearly she's not as shaky as rent is, but. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it, it seems like that kind of implies that, you know, Jed is very aware of these yes. things. Yeah. Especially, like, it, it's these really sharp, like, I would say maybe, like, 10 frame cuts, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they're, they're like, they're lo- you won't miss them. There's no way you're going to miss them. But they are very quick and yes. very jar. Like, they are the length of one word or less each. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very quick. Um, see the more stuff uh, more life on the bebop there's some shots of um, a far static shot of just Ed fishing over the edge I Um, love this whole thing like this show is so good at kind of showing boredom and just shit like absolutely nothing is happening here time is just going on Faye's sunbathing Spike is fucking up fixing his thing Ed is failing to catch a fish. Like, yeah, it's cool because the, the uh, shots themselves are static. Like, no one's moving in the shots, but like the water and the wind around them are moving. And I think that kind of lives credence to like the I don't know theme of the episode of time standing yeah. still. Yeah, which is uh, fun. It's a slow, slow day, but time is still moving. And I also, I also really like the whole idea of like, yeah, Jet, what did you really expect coming back here? I've been living my life the same way you have all these years, and. Maybe it hasn't gone too great, but you can't just come back and, like, have me back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an interest, uh, cool shot of Spike taking off in the swordfish, and he flies over Faye from, like, a ground shot up. <laughs> yes. You see the underbelly of the swordfish, and then, like, a, a half second later, the wind just blows all over her, and she lets out this, like, annoyed sigh. This <sighs> is my day off, damn it. Um, when Jed is monologuing about his past with Alyssa... And then, like, the bet he had about moving on. All the shots of him talking are either out of focus in the background or he is being shot from the back or, like, it's showing his whiskey glass. They never show him actually talking. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying to avoid eye contact. Yep. And she's, like, turned away from him for some parts of it, too. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier... Yeah, they, uh, they they animate the discomfort between yes. these two really well. Because, like, it's clear that even though they are, like... I feel like it's a really good representation of how adults who have mostly moved on but clearly not completely moved on kind of act. Like, yeah. this is a very realistic... Like, they're being nice and they're being, you know, 
cordial chill with each other they're being cordial <laughs> but uh clearly there's some some very deep and complex tension happening and neither of them kind of want to like talk about it which is why it is like really the the scene when uh jet just pulls out the stopwatch and kind of puts it on the table and it's just like so uh you remember this shit? <laughs> like it was, it's, do, do you uh, think she does? Maybe. Yeah, Jet yeah, was like, quite clearly fucked up by her just leaving and leaving a stopwatch, and I know they just said "fuck off." Then, uh, to, yeah. <laughs> I'm Which, gone. Like, Goodbye, asshole. And like, holy shit! And what like, way to leave because someone? <laughs> it it sounds like to him too. Like from his perspective, everything was. Perfect. Like fine. <laughs> like yeah. it sounds like she just didn't communicate at all, even a little bit to him because like Yeah, he was just like, Yeah, I came home, you were there, I loved you so much, you were all I needed, it was great. Like I don't I don't get it. Why? Like I'm again, he literally says like it didn't feel real because it was so nonsensical from my perspective yeah. for you to yep. just go. Like it was fucking wild. Uh so like Another thing here, I have no sympathy for her in this episode. Like, that is such a shitty thing to do. Yeah, it seems like they needed to have a talk and she didn't, you know, initiate that. The problem was you were, like, I I get it. Like, you're maybe a little overbearing or whatever, but it's like, that that sounds like a super talk-outable issue. Like, this Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. She she wanted the freedom to go and fuck up her life, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. She can do a job of that. Um, so, uh, moving on a bit, uh, there's some, I just like this fact that, like, with Spike's doing the legwork to try to find the bar, like, he keeps fucking yes, his swordfish in spots great. it's not supposed to be in, <laughs> like, blocking traffic. When all traffic. the cars are honking at him. Parked <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the road. But do you know where this bar is? <laughs> yeah, just parked, and also his ship is, like, even when it's all compact, as small as he can make it, it's still, like, a lane and a half wide. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, These so, are car streets, not space streets. Uh, the entire end of this, when Jet makes up his decision to go learn Ryan's bounty, or go after Rin's bounty, um, there's it, it. The show is very clearly trying to show that Rint is panicking. Alyssa has this kind of like calm self to her, where she's kind of like remini- not reminiscing, but like thinking about how she got in the position, and then like Jet's always looking stoic, like he does. Well, I think it sort of she knows how this is going to end at this point, like. Yeah. She knows. Yeah, they've already enough. said like the the black dog. Once he bites, he never gets his. He, he never lets go. Like she and knows like, that she first was, person. Yeah, I was gonna say she knows for sure. So I mean, it ties in with her relationship. I mean, that's yeah. why she left with a, a shitty note and a watch. Is because like she was like, he won't let me go. If I try literally anything yeah. else here, he's, he's going gonna, to chase yeah. me down and. So I her mean, play is always to run away. Yeah. Is, is her big thing. She just wants to run away. And but she I does. do like mm-hmm. the the fact that Jet's personal ship, the Hammerhead, has a harpoon gun on the back of it. <laughs> of course it, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you uh, ain't getting a, away, buddy. There's a uh, nice character tick here. Um, Jet and uh, Spike are flying next to each other when uh, Spike tells him about the bounty. And, like, this is where uh, Spike is like, hey, you're not planning on letting them go. And Jet says, no, I'm not. Like, there's a quick little tick of Spike being like, all right, I trust you. And, like, yeah. he has faith in his partner before he leaves and flies off. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't want him to give up this bounty, but he trusts him in this case. Yeah. Whatever ends up happening. Um, throughout the second chase scene of um, Jet flying around, it starts to become sunset, and that plays into how the last scene is storyboarded with them on the shore. 
Mm -hmm. um, it's all lit from the side because the sun is going down, and so that leaves some like kind of stark face contrast when they show like the front-on views of people. But it also yeah, has this another. Oh. Now that you mention it too, they really emphasize the passage of time throughout this episode yes. using like the day night cycle as well. Yeah. Yeah. It sets up, I think, the best shot of the episode, which is like once uh, Alyssa pulls the gun on him, there is this very far back shot through a fence of mm. Alyssa on one side pointing the gun at Jet on the other side of the screen while a plane just kind of lands over them. And it's it all has almost fucking, like. It's a spaceship, actually, but it has jet noises. Yeah. And I love it. Like it just <laughs> makes it so much more, I don't know, relatable. Yeah. But yeah, it's all in this like pink pastel color palette mm. because it's, you know, evening. And so, yeah. It just, it, it very accurately feels like a shitty part of Chicago, kind of. <laughs> yeah. like, to a certain extent. Like, right like, by that's the airport. Kind of, like, yeah, you're just a little too close to the airport, like not close enough for it to be super nice, but still close enough for it to be like pretty inconvenient. <laughs> like, it's like that. <laughs> that Spaceships are a little too close for comfort, but you got to live with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. all parking there. Some. Yeah, sometimes you wake up at like four AM and your house is shaking and the shit sucks. <laughs> like it's that it's that part of Chicago, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um at the end here there's uh, shots she shoots at the ground several times to try to scare Jet off while he's walking at her. And like these are all shown from like a crane shot from above. And then, like, it goes to first person of her shaking the gun because she can't hold it straight because she's being emotional right there. And so like it's also shows I, I don't know, I just like the way it's framed because it shows how like she's barely in control of what's happening. There was a good first person shot in the chase as well when they were going through the tunnel uh, on oh, the yeah. boat. I think that was that was pretty when it cuts to like first person and I'm yeah, trying Rin's to run panicking away. as he's trying yeah. to steer through this yes. canal. And it's like shaking and you can you, you definitely get that feel of him completely panicking. And she has this kind of look of resignation uh, of like I know where this is going. Yeah, kind of like comparing what rent is doing to you know fucking the stone man behind them <laughs> approaching rapidly and just kind of like ah oh, geez one of the yeah like one person specializes in what's happening here one doesn't <laughs> guess which one's driving the boat oh crap jet yep. the mr x <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah the last shot of them him it's a long shot of him throwing the uh watch into the water as he walks off frame to the right is uh, him moving on, I guess. It's another good shot because it's I, nighttime then. I do love how quickly after getting the reason of, you know, to a certain extent, you're smothering me or whatever, you know, you take the interpretation as, you know, you, you're taking too much control of my yeah. life. I want more freedom, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He just kind of is like, yeah, all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair enough. He, he looks back yeah. on it and is like, okay, actually, you know, in, yeah, in the okay. hindsight of I was in this relationship for this amount of time, Suddenly you realize, and then it's like, oh, and it's, oh, it, fuck it. I'm <laughs> it makes perfect sense, too, because from what we've seen up to episode 10 here of Jet's personality, he does seem like the controlling type. Like, every time that, like, Jet, or every time, like, Spike or Faye goes off in the middle of a bounty hunt thing to do their own thing, he gets angry at them and tells them to stick yep. to the plan and stuff. So, like, yeah, this yeah, yeah. backstory makes perfect sense from what we know yeah, of the character. Yeah, it's believable. So. Absolutely, yeah. He's kind of like the commanding type, for sure. He is kind of the commander of the Bebop, even if... No one listens Much to, to his him. chagrin, everyone, yeah, everyone <laughs> just fucks off. Regard, yeah. like he is doing the commanding stuff. They just occasionally are like, "Nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna charge mutiny. All right, we'll see. You. No, damn it, not <laughs> like it's that kind of situation." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a fun. That's one of the two backstory episodes I think Jack gets because there's a, definitely another one that I remember. But mm -hmm. we'll um, get there. Yep. First. 
so episode 11 is toys in the attic uh this oh one's a fun one so throughout this episode the first shot of this episode and throughout it um there's a monster point of view it's uh in like a red um entirely like red tint to it it's very grainy it's all these shots are very low skittering to the ground and it makes this like awful squishing noise anytime it's shown but yeah it just also it's like a very dark red to kind of like kind of make it stand out against like the uh, red eye stuff in episode one yeah. yes like it's like this a, is a really pure deep dark shot. red yeah. yeah i gotta tell you it kind of looks like they're working through someone's intestine <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah so we get a montage of the crew again doing nothing um jet is giving this monologue saying that like bounty hunting means that like you're self-employed and sometimes that means you have nothing to do and have no money and when you have no money you think about making less than cash. one yeah so um the first scene is Faye and jet gambling the jet is completely naked except for his boxers and Faye is surrounded <laughs> by all of his uh personal effects everything he owns basically <laughs> yeah they're playing high or low uh he loses again and he goes to the pay up and we see a shot of his boxers kind of floating into scene while spike shows up with some food that he has been barbecuing by the way he's barbecuing kebabs on fencing foils which i think with is, a flamethrower with a flame with a flamethrower <laughs> with, using the wrong type of fuel which is relevant <laughs> and it goes poorly yeah so uh, we see more monster shots. Uh, we see Ayn looking around. It's one of the nice things I like about this episode is that like Ayn immediately like knows something's up because he's a always dog. believe the dog. If yeah. you're in a horror movie, always <laughs> believe the dog, please. And yet no one does. They're all like, "Shut up, Ayn. And I'm like, "Hang on a minute. This is the data dog. This is a super smart dog, guys. He was smarter than your average dog." Here's the thing. Just because the dog is smart doesn't mean everyone on the ship isn't so damn stupid they forgot the dog was smart within 20 <laughs> yes, minutes of leaving. They, are. Like, that's, they all just, they're like, oh yeah, it's just a regular dog because I can't actively be like, hello, I am the smart dog. Please remember. <laughs> like They're just like, oh, what a, what a clever little guy. Aww, like, good oh, boy. damn it. What uh, dumbass shop dog. <laughs> So uh, we see Jet, he's going into like this cargo hold deep in the ship to get a blanket for himself since he is naked. Um, as he's in there, he looks around at a fridge that he never noticed before. He's like, what is, where did that come from? We, uh, Which is cut, never a good sign. Yeah, we cut back up to the lounge area while Faye is counting up her money and what she won. Uh, Spike comes in and says like, hey, you should at least give him his clothes back. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm not a swindler or whatever. And uh, it's obvious, like, uh, Spike says, like, uh, he wouldn't have lost if he knew about this. And, like, he touches her ankle bracelet and, like, the dice flip over. So she was, you know, cheating like she always does. But <laughs> um, they're interrupted by, like, the ship's, like, red alert siren going off. So, like, they run down to the cargo hold immediately. And Jet's sitting on the ground complained that something bit him. And while he's talking, like, Ayn immediately, like, goes feral and starts growling at stuff. And so they look around and they see a rat and they start laughing at him. They kind of play it oh, off. Oh, you and... got bit by a rat, dude. Oh. Yeah, but Jet is insistent that it was not a rat. It was something else. He's like, no, it was super weird and definitely not a rat. Like, it feels really bad. And they're like, yeah, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So they bring him back up to the lounge area and Spike has some a traditional Chinese medicine for him. Like, they show him like a about to like mix up a lizard and then a scorpion it's a lizard first and it's like well do you have anything else he picks up a scorpion and jet's like oh give me the first one <laughs> yeah so um they're making this stuff from Ayn is going crazy out in the hallway just barking at vents and stuff um, yeah you can walk- tell that he's barking at different places each time so this whatever this is is moving around the ship 
Yeah. And, yeah. and, and one also time that he's... the idiots just go, shut up, Ayn! <laughs> <laughs> and like one time specifically, Ayn is like barking at the thing and then kind of stops and walks away. Like it clearly has left and Ayn is aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Faye comes into the lounge area um, and she and Spike start describing the smell with just the most grotesque, horrible things you can think of. Um, Jet ends up drinking the thing in front of him. They kind of look at him and he just passes out face first in front of him. Like shatters the glass on the floor, just slams into it and Spike's being like, hey, that's a little far for a joke, man. You just smashed your face on the ground. It's not that bad, dude. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. And then he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh (laughs) Yeah, so there's this large purple mark on the back of his neck. And so they bring him into the lounge, put him down on the couch, and start doing blood tests. And there's some funny scene here. They have, like, his blood test in that microscope thing. And Spike's like, I wonder if it's Ebola. And Jet's like, oh. And he's like, nope, it's well, not he that. He starts he with cholera, and Jet's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Ebola? <laughs> yeah, they go through all these toxins, and it's just funny reaction shots of him being... I wonder if you have poop your pants to death disease. And, <laughs> oh, oh. Like, no, not poop your pants to death disease. <laughs> So, yeah, um, we see Spike looking at the monitor, and I'm actually going to talk about the scene here. This is a minute shot of the same shot. Like, they don't yes. move the camera for a minute. It's Spike in front of the monitor looking at the monitor, like, saying, like, I don't know what the poison is. And, like, Faye's in the background, like, well, are we sure it's a rat, right? It has to be a rat. There couldn't be anything else. And Ed pops out of nowhere and says, it's a spooky space alien. And this <laughs> She starts, ta- like, kind of doing her Ed thing where she's, you know, kind of fooling around. And Spike's like, you know, it could be an alien. There's nothing that says it isn't. And Faye's just freaking out in the back. And then Faye's like, how oh, is it not a rat? He's like, well, it could be. Uh, and I just love that he says this. He's just like, well, it could be a rat that somehow mutated into some kind of super rat. <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> With like, the it's poison. Like, it's like, that we've yeah. never yeah, seen before. And, like... It kicks ass because he's like 99% of the way there. <laughs> yeah, but Faye doesn't believe anything and says that his theory is just as stupid as Ed's. So she goes on and takes a bath because, of course, she does. It's a horror movie. Side note, uh, we did miss where Jet's like, by the way, Spike, do you know where that fridge is? And Spike's like, mm, well, I think nah. I remember. Nah, nah. Not important. Nah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so Faye goes and takes a bath. Uh, She's having a fun time reading a book. Something drops from the ceiling. She looks over the edge of the tub, but there's nothing there. Uh, We cut over to Spike giving Ed some, like, heat vision goggles and, like, teaching her how to use them, but she just runs off on him. I want you to stand still while I test mine. And he looks, and she's already leaving the room. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Ed, the worst thing to do in this situation is for the group to spit out, split up, and you're gone. <laughs> and there you go. Oh, she'll I need you to stay be, with me. She'll you're, be fine. You're not controlling a 13-year-old, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Faye comes into the room in a bathrobe, completely panicked. She's like, why did it have to be like this? I have so much to live for. I didn't even commit any, well, major crimes anyway. <laughs> And then Spike's like, what what are you talking about? And she falls over in front of him. So he goes over and notices that there is a large purple mark on her leg. Oops. We cut to Ed. Uh, Ed's goofing around looking for spooky space aliens. Are you in here, Mr. Alien? She says as she looks in the toilet, you know, haha. She does like a hand (laughs) flip and something and she drops the goggles on the ground and then runs off after Ayn. Ayn has uh, chased after whatever it is. And uh, there's a shot of from the ceiling, this creature falling on top of Ayn and Ayn letting Landing out a bark. On yeah, he lets out a bark. Uh, Spike hears this and runs over and finds him. Uh, he, Spike, funnily enough, kind of gives 
iron shit for not having animal feels instincts. Feels the need to roast the dog. <laughs> yeah, feels the need to roast the dog How after about your animal instincts. Especially since this dog has been trying to warn you this entire time, and you dumbasses just didn't listen. I feel this is the whole cat from Alien, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he speaking of yeah Spike sees Ayn picks him up and goes to leave but then sees the monster through his night vision goggle or through his heat goggles or whatever and runs away um, we cut this to the scene three. is terrifying by the way yeah well, I'll get into the how it's shot in a bit but yeah it's really well done um, the three of them are now I should say Jet uh, Faye and Ayn are now unconscious in the lobby area and uh, we see a quick montage of Spike gearing up with a bunch of weapons. Oh, this scene is so good. <laughs> it's straight out of Commando, and I love it. Um, Catch his fencing foil out. <laughs> yeah. He uh, programs the ship's autopilot it. and then like starts going on the hunt. Uh, he walks around the ship, finds that Ayn's goggles are there, and thinks that he, the monster has got uh, Ed as well. Um Ed, or sorry, Spike eventually finds the monster. Uh, he tries to hit it with its net gun, tries to gas it out. There's a funny scene of him taking a cigarette break after he tries to gas the monster. With um, the flamethrower. Yeah. Um, and it just burns goes, the entire cigarette. Yeah, he then goes back in, he tries to shoot the monster, and eventually ends up uh, flamethrowing it to death. And like as he flamethrows, he's like, wow, this really smells familiar. He's like, I wonder if that thing's still in the fridge. And then like, there's this... fishy... There is a straight-up Michael Bay shot of, like, this 360 spin while he has the realization of what the monster is. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, so he goes into the cargo (laughs) hold where Jet was originally and finds the uh, fridge there. Apparently, a year ago, he had a Ganymede rock lobster, and he hid it in the fridge so no one would eat it on him. And he forgot it. He forgot about it. So, yeah, there's a scene of him slowly opening the side of the fridge, and it's, like, filled with, like, this gooey membrane stuff and barnacles. Oh, it's such a good shot. It's like a mixture of like bio horror and coral formations and like mold and goo. And it's just, yeah, it's just a shot back and forth of like a little bit more of the fridge, Spike looking more horrified, a little bit more of the fridge, Spike looking more horrified until finally he just slams it shut and he's like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he turns off the artificial gravity. Um, Everybody starts to float around. He pushes the fridge out towards the airlock, but, um, there's a quick shot of the torched area where the monster used to be. It's not there anymore. It's just a torched side. Yeah. Wall. As he's opening the airlock to push the fridge out, uh, the monster jumps out of the fridge and bites him and then runs off. Uh, he starts cycling the airlock to get the fridge out. but um, This whole scene is beautiful. Yeah, he's starting to feel really weak since the monster bit him. And right as the airlock door shuts, uh, he kind of slams into it and passes out. Then uh, Waltz of the Flowers uh, by Tchaikovsky starts playing. Um, yeah. We see Ed sleeping. Uh, in her sleepy day, she grabs the monster, which is about to bite her, and eats it. No, no, um, no. Don't eat it. Don't fine. eat that. Don't put Bowser. Don't put weird <laughs> things in your mouth. It's fine. No. No, it's fine. It was A, cooked, delicately by Master <laughs> Chef Spike. True. B, it was evolved from a lobster, and lobsters are pretty goddamn delicious. Yeah. So if it's like this, what if it evolved to be more deadly, but that much more delicious awesome. as well? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the last scene of this episode are shots of the crew floating around to Waltz of the Flowers in the fridge in space spinning very slowly in an obvious Spewing out spores everywhere. Yeah. It's so uh, beautiful. It's certainly fine. <laughs> it will not it's, cause it's any space. issues. There's, there's, there's nowhere so for them space. to go. How bad yes. could it be? 
Certainly this fridge will lie undisturbed in space forever, despite yep. having a trajectory. Actually, on that <laughs> note, um, the the producers of this series went on to make another anime called Space Dandy. Uh, there is an episode in Space Dandy with this fridge, and it has like the oh fridge spores and shit. Yeah, oh no. it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, so Beautiful. this whole episode is a alien homage. Um, yep. Pretty much, like uh, I was saying earlier, a lot of the scenes in this are either super claustrophobic in that the, the uh, focus of the shot is like taking more than the frame of the shot. Like they show there this is on, this like, amazing shot of Faye that does that, where like she's in the rotating hallway and the field of view kind of just zooms in on her, like you're you're certain she's about to get attacked. And then the scene just stops. Yeah, she looks over her shoulder and nothing happens. And there's nothing. And it's, oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, there's a lot of shots, like, uh, when she's in the bathtub, like, it zooms in very close on her leg, but, like, it doesn't show any attack or anything. Like, there's shots of that are, like, almost out of frame bad. Like, there's shots of, like, the ceilings for just no yeah. reason in this episode. And, like, long shots of hallways to, like, vanishing point shots that are, like, dark at the end of them. There's a, just a lot of, like, I don't know, alien-esque stuff. It's a lot of off-angle, off kind of uncomfortable, uncertain kind of angles as well, yeah. yeah. Another thing they show is um, there are a lot of, like, just establishing shots of the outside of the Bebop in space, which is, like, I'm assuming it's supposed to be the uh, Nostromo from Alien, just like they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime uh, one thing we oh. didn't mention during the recap that I think is very important for me personally <laughs> is so... Um, they do the, you know, next episode, like preview kind yes. of things or whatever. This is very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, uh, when I first saw Cowboy Bebop, I started with episode one, just by chance on Cartoon Network and, uh, ended up here. Uh, and this one ends with them just being like, yep, it's the end. They all died. Like they all got bit. What do you, what do you, th- what do you want? Because it's, it's like, end narrating. And yeah, everyone's like, that's ridiculous. That Come on, there's more episodes. And they're like showing you previews of clearly more episodes and whatnot. And it's like, it's pretty funny. Like, it's it's a good goof. Um, unless <laughs> Cartoon Network decides to start over from there and leaving <laughs> me it just like, what? Wait, was it not a joke? What the fuck? And for like a good year, I thought that was the end of Cowboy Bebop. And I was like, that was a really shitty ending. Holy shit. Like, what <laughs> and the then fuck? they all died. <laughs> Yeah, like, it was like, what the fuck, really? And, like, this was back in the day where finding out information about anime on the internet could take upwards of an hour and a half because of speeds and connections and, you know, bad information and all that. <laughs> so I was just like, well, fuck this. Cowboy Bebop sucks shit. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, she says that, like, it's the next episode is about Cowboy Edward. And, uh, yeah, all the other voice actors like, what are you talking about? We're continuing on. I'm right here. They're <laughs> yeah. so dead. Uh, one of the fun things is every time they show the, like the first two or three times they show the fridge, it's in fish eye, like super fish yes. eye. The it's fridge good. is like a monolith. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's try to think some other ones. Um, like, I'm trying to th- like a lot of the shots of the, just establishing shots of the inside of the ship just look weird and creepy. Like, there are shots through vents for no reason. Like, nothing's happening in the vent, but, like, it's just to put you off balance. It, it's shots that you've seen before, too. Like, you know, Ed going mm. into the bathroom is the same bathroom that they locked uh, Faye in. And, like, it's just so completely decontextualized because they've, you know, just changed up the music and the, you know, put it under an angle and all yeah, that. Yeah, like the like you were talking and, about earlier, the centrifuge lock. Like, there's a whole bunch of shots yes. in the series of them walking oh. through that. But, like, all the shots in this are just, like, off balance and through vents and in weird, like, super zooms and stuff. 
I'm actually really glad you brought up the toilet in particular because the toilet shot, like when we normally see it, as silly as it sounds, it's from like the outside yes. looking into one of the toilets or whatever. So the the shot is like the entirety of the outside and also the bathroom or whatever. Like there's a lot of space around the outside of it. Um, when they do the shot of Ed busting in, it's Ed busting in. So it's from the inside of the very cramped claustrophobic space. From like just space. the top of it. That's all so, you can see. Yeah, yeah. So you can see exactly how tiny this toilet is. And then it's a bunch of like black void space around it, which again is like <laughs> really claustrophobic compared to the normal approach they take to yep. filming the shitter. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty incredible cinematography on that shitter. Gotta say, cool. great Fantastic stuff. Fantastic shitter. You know, it's funny. Like looking through my notes here, there are so many shots of fans in this episode. Like, there's the fan above her uh, mm-hmm. thing in the bathtub. There's the fan when they're looking at the computer for the different toxins that Spike has. Like, there's a fan in the hallway where they uh, see Ayn get bit. Like, and it's all like background noise. Like, you can hear the fans too. Like. I have been in so many shitty bathrooms with that exact same that squeaky ass annoying squeaky hum. fan yeah. mm-hmm. that it's like when you're you're listening to it and you you are you just taking a shower and you suddenly realize God was that noise always there <laughs> like it's and that it's, and they just draw it out so much and it's so good because they really quickly establish that that is like the attack vector for the yep. monster most likely so like yeah. they're constantly you're just, just looking at having, it. Always in the background. Yeah, like, no one else in the shot. Like, the characters aren't aware, but we, the viewers, are constantly aware of, like, oh, that fucking fan could have a thing <laughs> through at any second. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, um, the shot, there's a very good editing thing. So, um, when the monster gets Ayn, like, the shot is from the monster's point of view, and it falls yep. onto Ayn. But as it falls, there is both a pan down and a, fa- like, a wipe cut of Spike turning around so like as the monster yes. falls like it pans down onto spike turning around and looking which i think was a cool editing touch oh god yeah it does so much of those cuts it does a lot of those kinds of cuts in this episode where like you know Faye's about to get bit and it cuts straight away to it to yeah they don't show her getting bit yeah which is Ed more terrifying. and uh, spike in the room like oh god but you no. know that leg, that leg, that leg hanging out the bath like close shots on and you're like oh fuck that's that's gonna get bit and yeah. it does um, I wonder. I wonder if like someone who is like more like new space horror films, like earlier ones like that, like really, really in depth. If someone would be able to like find like the exact references they used, even if they're oh, not like definitely. one for one angle wise, but like you know, oh, this is basically the same sequence except it's from this perspective or something. Yeah, like I, I would be interested like, I to see say if they're... there are. Some of those. I kind of want to say that the Ein thing is mirrored to the shot in Aliens with a cat. Because I know, like, the alien, the little alien falls into, like, the cat, the storage area where the cat's inside of the uh, shipping container. But, like, I know there's a scene earlier in the film with the cats walking around. And I wonder... Mm -hmm. If that's matched up, it's been a while since I've seen Aliens. It's been a bit, yeah. yeah. It would help yeah. if I'd ever seen it. <laughs> oh, Aliens, real, Aliens, a masterclass in horror. It's great. Still good. It's yeah. still good. Yeah. Like I recommend almost. I almost recommend watching a lower quality version of it first. <laughs> yes. And then watching Find a, a VHS rip. tape of it because that's the true experience. We almost certainly really had is. one, it's but I wasn't better. allowed to watch. <laughs> ah. Her family yeah, does have honestly... every VHS and DVD in existence. Yes. It's just that if it was an eighteen. 18- my mom was not letting me watch that. I saw Alien way too young as a kid, and it freaked me out for years. So there you go. <laughs> it's just smart. Yeah. 
Um, you were talking earlier about the shot where Spike finds Ayn in the hallway. It's really good because like it shows him bend down and pick over and look at the dog. But then like it shows an over the shoulder view of Spike looking down this hallway, and it's like a vanishing point shot. And the yes. end of the hallway is in black, so you can't see anything. And then, like, when he realizes the alien's down there, it shows from below, near the ground, him slowly standing up, like, the camera looking between his legs down the hallway, and then him turning uh, and running. It's, uh... Yeah, the way that Spike, big tough guy, is, like, just literally is, like, fuck this, fuck this, gets the hell out, is, like, oh, uh-oh. I really it, love the heat shots, where you just see this thing, this red glowing spot, like, all slippery and smoothy and just moving around. You're like, oh, oh, gross. Oh, dear. Also, the fact that the first time Spike sees it, he just assumes it's the thing is broken, because it's so unnatural looking. Like, it looked like a blip of a like a heat signature that was yep. just like a mistake. Like there was a weird little blob of like a misread, but like, nope, that's, that's what this it. thing is. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. a nice touch that the thing he holds in his hand looks like the motion detector from aliens. Like it has yes. like that radar yeah. thing in front of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the shot of Spike gearing up, like he, there's a shot of him, like it's, I don't know, quick one second shots, like continuously of like him putting on a belt, him like putting a magazine and yeah, a gun. Putting so grenades in his pockets and commando. loading a gun. Yeah. It's straight yeah. up from commando. <laughs> And I love um, how they just like foreshadow it with the shots of him cooking while they're uh, while Faye's uh, <laughs> swindling Jet too, because like yeah. it's all, literally all of it yeah. is just stuff he was cooking with before now. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, so it shows him go into the cockpit and like turn on the autopilot, so the ship will automatically land on Mars if something happens. But then, like, the next two minutes are him just, like, slowly going through hallways with no music, no sound. Oh, it's just him looking down hallways. It's and it's, terrifying. like, super tense, tenseful. Because, like, like, you don't know if the alien's actually going to attack or anything. He's just kind of taking his time, going slowly. Um, slowly yeah. finding Ayn. Oh, my uh, God. The realization she, shot. Yeah, it's the fucking so Michael good. Bay Spike realizes it was his lobster in the fridge. He did it. He, it's his fault. It's so good. Like, it's just this moment of you see him just go blank. Like, his face just kind of goes like, <gasps> and <then> it just <laughs> freezes with him just being like, <gasps> and, like, spins around him slowly. Yeah, the yeah like Bay a spinning spin. crane shot. It's, oh, it's so good. And it's just this moment of, oh, no, oh, no. Like, and I fucking they love do it. that it's like, I left seafood in the fridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> who among us, whoops among us, has not had that moment of, I have fucked up so bad and I now have to clean up this mess. And like, Ugh. that's literally the plot of this episode. I think we've all yeah. left something in the fridge to like grease something. And, and it's just like, oh God, that's going to be so bad to clean up. But also now it's going to kill me and all my friends. Shit. Mm. Yeah, and especially with how um, how static a lot of the shots are in yes. this episode, because there's a lot of like we were talking about. There's one in particular where it's like a shot through a vent, and you can barely see anything. Like you can see through a couple of the slats, and you just see the floor, and then Faye walks by, and then nothing. Like that's how static some yeah, of these and it shots stays on are. That nothing for like a good five seconds. Like for, they could yes. have moved it a while. Yeah. It's just a lingering shot. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so having this very smooth animation of it, like, spinning around him, like, oh, my God, like, yep. really works. Like, it yep. really punches it up. Shit just yeah. got real. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I left a lobster in that fridge. Yeah, the shot of him opening the fridge, and it's just, cuts, <laughs> like, his face slowly getting more terrified while this, like, gooey barnacle bullshit is inside. As someone who has, like been the manager of a kitchen like that was not very well kept the smell that that thing had to have like 
Oh god, you ever cleaned a grease trap that like oh, yes. hadn't oh, been my god. touched in oh, my probably god. five or six years? Like Oh Jesus. Oh. That kind of shit. That's the kind of smell that I imagine you get. And like when you when you open something like that, it immediately punches you. It's not like you catch a slight whiff of it. It is like Oh, zero to 60. No, yeah. It's like there's pressurized stank in that yes. shit. Like it is that long, that much buildup that the stank aura is trying to escape. <laughs> the shot actually, after when he, when he pushes the fridge to the airlock and it bounces off and starts going back towards him. And it opens the door while that happens. Nothing is scarier than the shot where it just starts cracking open. <laughs> and you're just like, no, no, no. <laughs> Like and it's spinning too, so if it yeah. cracks open in the cargo bay and starts spinning around, the ship's done. Oh. <laughs> We're done. We need a new ship. That's yeah, it. This pressure one's washer finished. for that. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah, and then like the end of the episode, it plays Waltz of the Flowers in a very clear 2001 homage of these crew members, his unconscious floating through the lobby, and also like the fridge outside in space, spinning in a circle, releasing everything. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that fucking fridge. Yeah. And like they managed to make it end on like such a goofy note. It's it's really fun. This episode is great because like it's an homage in such a way. Like they realized that the episode before was so heavy. You need something <laughs> like yeah, change they it up a little do bit. Something weird and unexpected, but also felt like if they had done just a straight comedy episode after you know that really heartfelt moment with jet and all that it would feel a little bit cheap right like yeah. it would feel like a little bit too obvious like we get it sending the clowns blah 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 but this was like a really fun way to kind of circumvent that and have a semi-serious episode that clearly isn't but like has that energy <laughs> it's, it's really smart to just make the whole stakes of this be the bebop itself you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean the only one that's playing it up for a comedy is Ed, and she just kind of does that anyway. So it's not really out of character yeah. per se. I, yeah, I mean, I would say kicking a spinning fridge into space <laughs> as the final act is pretty funny. <laughs> like I think they it, knew, it especially being if later a on. that he bought <laughs> and forgot about, <laughs> and it evolved into a new alien life form with poisons, uh, <laughs> toxins unheard of before. And from what I understand, Space Dandy is a bit more farcical and comedic than Bebop is on the whole. And if they brought it back for that, that yeah. tracks. There's yeah. maybe like two or three like drama episodes in Space Dandy, and it's almost all just comedy stuff the entire time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, next week we're going to be watching the next four episodes, uh, 12 through 15. Wait, no, we're not. This was the end. It's over. It's over. The end. That's it. Sorry, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Good good podcast, everybody. uh, Next episode's Pixels, then. Sorry. (laughs) That was really good. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, indeed. Yeah, 12 through 15. I remember 12 and 13 of the two parter. Yes. Um, I forgot what's after that, though. Not sure. It'll be a surprise to everybody. Yeah, we're starting to hit the point where, so I I jokingly mentioned that I, you know, have watched through Bebop 17 times or whatever. Uh, The reality is probably I've watched the first six episodes of Cowboy Bebop like 25 times and (laughs) then the rest of it a little bit less because like I'll watch with people when they start up like when someone hears, oh, no, you haven't heard of Bebop yet. I'll be like, oh, all right, word, I'll watch with you. And then I'll watch (laughs) the first six and I'll be like, all right, I got stuff to do. And then they'll be like, oh, I finished it while you went and did stuff. I'm like. Oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, that Don't wait sense. up for me. That's so, good. Yeah, 
yeah, that's fine. I already seen it. And so, like, I've probably seen the opening way more than mm-hmm. uh, some of these, like, back, back. Oh, episodes. this is where it's going to get super fuzzy for me. Yeah, so the next yeah. two are Jupiter Jazz 1 and 2, then it's Bohemian Rhapsody and Funny Valentine. So, two dramas, a comedy, and then another drama. Yeah. Well, till next time. See you, Space Anime. Bye-bye.